All right, welcome to another podcast edition of White Collar Crimes. I'm your host, Ryan Horn. This is the podcast where we show you the only color that truly matters in our criminal justice system is green. Great to have you aboard, as always. If you've kept up in the news in the last few years, you're probably somewhat familiar with uh, the Elizabeth Holmes case of Theranos. Uh, She just recently, last week, was, or this, you know, depending on when you're hearing this, was convicted and sentenced to 11 and a half years in prison. And she went from this uh, media sensation, young business whiz, socialite, to now convicted felon pretty much almost overnight. And this company, she was convicted of frauding her investors. Now, she started this company, the Theranos, in 2003 at the young age of 19. And she claimed at this time to revolutionize blood testing, claiming it uh, could test for all diseases with just a small, simple prick of blood, blood sample. You know, kind of like for a lot of the diabetes tests and kids and things like that. That's what she was claiming that this would do. And even at the time when it was launched, most medical professionals and scientists and people of that nature were very skeptical of this company and her claims but nonetheless it did catch on and it did generate a lot of excitement and in fact she raised hundreds of millions of dollars in startups from investors and it started off pretty well and pretty quickly and in fact it made her a billionaire uh, almost you know pretty close to overnight but uh, as we'll see by about 2015 things began to unravel for her and the company Now, researchers from Stanford noted that her claims with this being able to test pretty much any disease out there with just a small sample or, you know, just a little simple prick of blood, you know, a little drop of blood would be able to test for, you know, every disease known to mankind. That was, uh, you know, just a little far-fetched for a lot of people. And the researchers from Stanford began to call her bluff on this. And they also noted that her study lacked any peer-reviewed research, you know, to back her claims, which is important anytime you're dealing with medicine or science or anything of that nature. You know, to have any type of credibility or anything for your claim, you are going to need some type of uh, peer research to back your claim and it was very obvious that uh, she did not have that at this with this company so they began to question the accuracy of her company's claims and around this time uh, the FDA began the FDA began an investigation uh, and it quite simply didn't hold up to their scrutiny as well now you know the FDA's kind of been a source of controversy the last few years in the era of COVID that we live in. But, you know, when they began to research and look into her uh, her company at this time, I would say they were a little less controversial than they are now. But nonetheless, they also claimed that uh, she bat- lacked any type of accuracy or anything in her company's claims. And around this time, uh, you know, again, the FDA began to do an inspection, as I said, of her company. And they noted that, uh, you know, what they claimed was simply uh, not true. But how was she able to pull off this scandal? Or, you know, and 
how was she able to get, you know, at this point we're talking, you know, said she launched it in 2003, so we're talking about 2015 when the Stanford researchers started to get it under scrutiny and when uh, the FDA began to scrutinize her. So, you know, a couple things are kind of puzzling on that. One is why did it take that long before anyone really began to dig deep and look into what she was claiming with this company? And how was she able to, you know, supposedly uh, really fool a lot of investors to investing in this? Because, again, she raised hundreds of millions of dollars for this company, and, you know, the revenues made her a young billionaire at the time. And uh, she was able to fool a lot of people, you know, a lot of celebrity investors that went, you know, they would say go broke on this, but they certainly lost money on it, kind of like what we talked about last week with the uh, or in the last episode with the FTX scandal that's going on now with the cryptocurrency that you know has had some uh, celebrity victims and as we talked about too some are even facing lawsuits for endorsing that product you know one of the most notable being uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback Tom Brady and uh, I saw an article the other day where his attorney supposedly has advised him that he very well could be held civilly liable for this which a lot of money on the hook so you know, it's been a tough year for the GOAT, as he's known, you know, the greatest of all time. I mean, he's having probably professionally his worst uh, career season in his career as a quarterback. Uh, you know, the team is just at the 500 mark and kind of barely treading water and, you know, had the nasty divorce just a few weeks ago. And then now this, uh, certainly not a memorable year for him. But, you know, it kind of does beg the question, how was she able to fool so many investors and, and get so many people on board? Well, you know, she did come from a, uh, you know, a business background and a business family. In fact, she is a descendant of Charles Fleischman, the founder of the Fleischman Yeast Company. And, you know, I'm quite familiar with their products and work because, you know, my mom, when I was a kid, used to make homemade pizzas with their yeast and, you know, would, you know, make it rise up and, you know, make the pizza crust from that. This was before she and a lot of other people just started buying the pre-packaged stuff that they sell now where, you, you know, it's just already ready-made. You add water and mix it up and ready to go. But at that time, she made it with the yeast. And I, and I thought, honestly, it tasted better. I mean, my mom's always made good, throat, you know, good uh, homemade pizzas and they still are now. But I thought at that time with that yeast, they just, for some reason, used to taste much better. And, as far as I know, you know, I don't really use yeast with a whole lot that I make or bake, but uh, my understanding, Fleischmann's is the, you know, pretty much the elite brand of it, about as good as it gets. So, you know, she does come from a family with some uh, business acumen. And not only was she a descendant, I believe she was the great, great, great granddaughter, possibly, of Mr. Fleischmann. So, you know, she does come from a business background like that. And again, her father, uh, he was also, you know, had a business background, but not necessarily, you know, kind you would really want to put on your resume so much. He was at one time a vice president of Enron, which we all know was one of the biggest white collar crimes of all time in the United States. You know, we've done a podcast on it some time back and, you know, I've taught about that case in some of the white collar crime classes that I've taught in college. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's an amazing thing how they built that company to look like this huge, gigantic energy uh, giant that, you know, was totally falsified and propped up by false numbers and cooked books and everything like that. And, you know, once the gig was up, it collapsed. But, you know, they fooled a lot of people, as I said in the podcast then. They, at one time, were named the owners of the stadium for the then Houston Astros uh 
where they played at was Enron Field, well, you know, and uh, now I think they play in what's a Minute Maid Park or something like that. But at that time, it was Enron Field. You know, they were thought to own the stadium of the Houston Astros at that time. And, you know, again, they were a fake company that uh, was totally falsified and, you know, did not honestly accurately exist in a real sense. So he did have some uh, a business background with that. But she said what sparked her interest to get this going, uh, this company, was her own actual fear of needles, and she wanted to make something a little simplified and something a little bit easier for folks to use, so who knows, I mean, we don't really know her intentions and her motives, Uh, you know, only God will ever know that with anybody, but, uh, you know, I guess it's quite possible that early on she might have had some, uh, some actual, you know, good intentions on what she was wanting to do, and she was supposedly a big fan of Steve Jobs, the former Apple guy. That, uh, In fact, she was so much of a fan, she also would wear a black turtleneck sweater similar to the uh, one Mr. Jobs wore. So she wanted to come across, uh, you know, as a powerful, uh, you know, business leader much like he did. And a lot of you that remember seeing interviews with her, and they've probably come to surface some in the, you know, last, you know, few days and all that, that since she's been sentenced, but... She spoke with a, an unusually husky kind of smoky voice, and, uh, you know, that supposedly was to, you know, maybe command a little more authority or anything, but come to find out what's been uh, stated and speculated that that's not accurately her voice and that that was, you know, exaggerated. Some of her close friends and family claim it is, but a lot of people claim it was not. It kind of reminded me and I don't know if she's still on there, but there was a reporter that used to be on Fox News at the time. I think her name was Rita Cosby. She kind of had a raspy, husky voice like that. But again, with her, that was natural and, you know, her real voice. Uh, it's been speculated that Ms. Holmes did not talk like that in real life, but uh, it certainly, you know, helped add to her mystique, you know, the uh, black turtlenecks and the, you know, sultry, smoky voice and, uh you know, the fact that, you know, she started this company at 19 and became a, you know, young billionaire and innovator and, you know, somebody that had come up with something truly groundbreaking in the medical field where, in reality, none of that was real. And unfortunately, sometimes people pray, you know, because medical is a big industry, you know, it's uh, about one-fifth or one-sixth of the U.S. economy. And uh, we covered a while back earlier in the year, if you remember, uh, Kevin Trudeau, the late-night infomercial pitch guy that used to promote all these... uh, you know, homeopathic remedies and self-help stuff that claim to, you know, pretty much cure cancer and everything else. And, uh, you know, he finally got taken down, you know, by the FDA and the feds as well. But, uh, you know, he pitched a lot of fraudulent things as well. And, uh, you know, she possibly, you know, unfortunately gave a lot of, you know, people uh, some false hope that maybe things were going to be simplified for him because, you know, it's not you know, easy to have to, you know, go through these. I can remember my grandmother growing up, she was a diabetic and I can remember seeing her having to constantly prick her finger and test herself. And, you know, this, that, you know, gets annoying after a while. And, you know, when you have to test for other things like some people do, then, you know, a product like this can seem like a godsend at the time. But, uh, once the SEC and, uh, you know, the feds began to initiate charges and get in, you know, more zoned in on her little scheme, 
unfortunately, just as we've always seen, just what happens with FTX and you know recently in other ones, innocent investors and sometimes innocent, well-meaning employees are the first ones to get hit. You know, lose their jobs, suffer the financial fallout, all of that kind of thing. That's just unfortunate, but sometimes that is who ends up taking the fall and the hit for this kind of thing. And that's what happened here. But in 2018, she and her partner and possibly a boyfriend at that time, Ramesh, I think I'm pronouncing this right, Balwani, they were both indicted on nine counts of wire fraud and two counts of conspiracy to commit wire fraud. Now, initially, both pled not guilty, you know, which a lot of people do initially when something like this comes about, and it is their constitutional right to do so, and, uh, you know, they're not much different than a lot of other people in this type of situation, and, uh, yes, they both pled guilty. Um, She did step down as CEO, but supposedly stayed on the board and still called the shots in, you know, a lot of other ways, which, you know, we've seen this happen, and, you know, we've also talked about this on this podcast, a lot of people are banned by the FDC, FEC after conviction to not be able to do any type of trading or any type of business like this again. But, you know, they're still able to work behind the scenes as a quote-unquote consultant, and these kind of things do still go on. So it's not that unusual, and it's certainly possible that, uh, you know, that's what uh, probably was happening in her case. Now, her trial was delayed a little bit for two reasons. One, she had her first pregnancy, and... Two, you know, COVID delayed her trial and a lot. You know, I work for the court system, and I can remember two years ago there were really no trials of any kind going on, and, you know, most court was being conducted by Zoom, and, you know, they avoided, you know, any type of charges in court and anything, any procedures, unless they were just absolutely vital and necessary. So she and a lot of defendants probably at that time got a little bit of a break on, you know, things that were going on, and due to the circumstances, uh, justice got delayed a little bit, but it does finally catch up, and it did catch up with her. Now, she did claim during trial, you know, in her defense, that she was misled by her staff, and, you know, she did not have intent to do any type of fraud. But evidence did show to the contrary. Uh, In fact, there was evidence that showed some stage fraud and falsified facilities and things to, you know, full inspectors and, you know, make make them look a lot different, a lot more legit than they were. In fact, uh, supposedly one of the inspectors that they fooled on this was back uh, at the time, I think in 2015, they said then Vice President Joe Biden was actually fooled in an inspection and stated things looked uh, pretty well on the up and up, but they were able to stage that and make things look uh, well and on the up and up and, you know, they, uh, they fooled a lot of people. This did, though, finally uh, catch up, and, you know, on January 3rd earlier this year, just a couple days after the new year, she was found guilty on four counts of defrauding investors, but not guilty on four counts of defrauding patients. Uh, Not sure how they, you know, arrived at that conclusion, but uh, that is what they did indeed arrive at, and that's, you know, that was a verdict passed down, so... I guess they, you know, felt she just maybe inflated things to get more investors, that her intent wasn't necessarily just to defraud the patients and the public as a whole. But nonetheless, a lot of investors were defrauded because, you know, she did raise hundreds of millions of dollars 
for a product that, uh, you know, quite simply did not do what it said it could do, which, again, I'm surprised it took that long for it to go down and to be taken down because, uh, you know, my wife works in healthcare and she said, you know, right out of the gate, she was kind of suspicious of that and their claims that uh, they're able to do those kind of things because there's just really not anything they're likely ever going to be able to develop that can do that. But who knows? You know, they're doing a lot of things now I never thought would be possible in my lifetime. So uh, I guess we just have to take kind of a watch and wait kind of attitude on it. And yes, just recently, as I said, on uh, November 18th, depending on when you're hearing this, she was sentenced to 11 and a half years. Now, she tried to delay the sentencing uh, based on her recent pregnancy, and that's just not going to cut it. And, you know, the judge in the court did not really cut her any slack on that, which I was glad to see. You know, as I said many times on this show, I worked for, as a correctional officer for about 13 or 14 years at one time and saw plenty of women. At that time uh, in Illinois, the women's prison was located in a town called Dwight, Illinois, and uh, they uh, used to take a lot of them. We used to take a lot of them up there. And sometimes a handful of them, I can recall, were pregnant. And, you know, found it later did give birth uh, in prison. You know, it's kind of sad. It'd be kind of, you know, awkward, I think, if you found out later, you know, growing up that you were born in a prison. But it does happen. And, you know, the, obviously the child services take custody of the kid or other family. And, you know, the kid is raised away from the mom until she gets out, which in this case, you know, uh, once this child is born, this, you know, going to be probably 11 years old or so by the time uh, she is released, roughly, and, you know, going to spend, you know, a decent part of its childhood away from its mother, but that happens all the time when people go to jail, and uh, some people were criticizing her today for getting pregnant during this time, knowing that there was a good chance this child is going to grow up a lot without her, and, you know, her first child, she had one child before during this these procedures, and during the sentencing process, and it as well as uh, this child's going to grow up without uh, mom for, you know, at least a decent chunk of the childhood. So she has caught uh, some flack for that, and, you know, again, the court did not cut her any mercy on that, which, you know, as I said, they generally don't. I can't think of any situation where anybody was delayed going to prison, you know, based on a pregnancy, but nonetheless, uh, you know, she did try it, but uh, it didn't work, and she got uh, 11 and a half years, which the judge has ordered her to surrender and begin serving by April 27th, 2023. So we'll keep an eye on that and see when she does, if indeed she actually reports, or who knows, maybe she'll try to go on the lam and become a fugitive and would make for a pretty interesting podcast, I'd think. But hopefully she'll, you know, do the right thing and report and do her time and get out and can hopefully bounce back and live a decent life you know if she, again she's got like a lot of these white collar criminals she's got decent business skills you know she just needs to use them for the good of things and you know and be honest about it you know again she comes from a you know pretty long line of you know, business savvy family members and you know hopefully she can turn it around and do some good things but uh we'll keep an eye on it and uh we'll be uh, talking about another case you may have been keeping an eye on, the Crisleys, the reality TV stars that uh, also recently have been sentenced for some fraud. We're going to be covering that on our next podcast, so be sure and check us out. And, you know, be sure and check us out. We have episodes usually that uh, air every Tuesday, although, you know, last week due to the big breakout case with uh, Sam Bankman Fried or Freed and the... Uh, FTX case, we had a little special episode on that, but uh, we'll have the one on the Crisleys coming up, so be sure and tune in every week, and 
you know, contact me if you have any show ideas, ryanhornvt at gmail.com. Uh, also provide voiceover services. Be sure and check out my website, ryan-horn.com. Uh, got audio books out right now on We Here and Beacon Audio Books, and more coming up soon. We'll certainly keep you advised on those. And uh, as always, adopt your next best friend from your pet shelter. All five of ours are from there, and we encourage you and everyone out there to do the same with theirs. And like I always say, too, uh, follow us on our Facebook page and uh, be sure to tune in each week and keep us going. And uh, you can also donate to us on the link on our host site. Anchor FM is the hosting site of this podcast. But as always, we just appreciate you tuning in and helping spread the word and helping shine a light of scrutiny on cases and people that don't always get that. But as I said, Christmas time's coming up. It's a time of a lot of fraud and deceit and, you know, people doing things out of greed and excess so be sure and keep an eye on the most vulnerable members of your family during this time of year particularly the elderly and uh just watch each other's back and uh come back and join us next week we'll be glad to have you then god bless and take care everybody